Welcome. I invite you to listen in on my daily personal reflections as I follow the Robert Murray McShane Bible Reading Plan. You can find this plan on, for instance, BiblePlans.org. I'm recording these reflections, or daily devotions, to provide one example of how one individual reflects upon and reacts to Scripture. My hope is that in listening in on my personal reflections, you, the listener, will be encouraged in the development of your own daily Scripture reading habits and begin to hear, to hear the Spirit speaking to you through the Scripture. These reflections are not examples of deep exegesis and interpretation. For that, you can listen to my Slow Walk Through Revelation series or other podcasts that I produce. Rather, I'm inviting you to listen in on how my spirit responds to the scriptures and the Holy Spirit as he speaks to me through this daily habit. Feel free to join me twice daily as I divide the McShane family reading into morning and evening reflections. The secret readings I keep to myself. Also, feel free to simply listen to the scripture reading and spend time with the Spirit and the text to form your own habit of listening to the Spirit in the text. The reading for July 7th according to the Robert Murray McShane reading plan, is from the book of Joshua, chapter 9, found in the former prophets. Today I'll be reading from my friend Joel Anderson's translation. Uh, feel free to follow along in your favorite translation. Uh, you can find translations online at BibleGateway.com. The book of Joshua, chapter 9. Now when all the kings who were on the other side of the Jordan, in the hills and the lowland, and all the coast of the great sea towards Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites heard about this, they gathered together as one to wage war with Joshua and all Israel. But when those who dwelled in Gibeon heard about what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they did something very cunning. They went and took provisions, worn out sackcloth for their donkeys, worn out wineskins that had been torn and mended, worn out sandals that had been patched for their feet, and worn out clothes. All their bread in their provisions was dry and crumbling. They then went to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal and said to him and to the man of Israel, We have come from a distant land, so now cut a covenant with us. But the man of Israel said to the Hivites, You might actually dwell in our midst. How can we cut a covenant with you? They said to Joshua, We are your servants. Joshua said to them, Who are you? And where did you come from? They said, Your servants have come from a very distant land because of the name of the Lord, your Elohim. We've heard about all that he has done in Egypt and all that he has done to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan 
in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all those who dwell in our land said to us, Take provisions in your hands for the road. Go and meet them and say to them, We are your servants. Cut a covenant with us. This is our bread. It was hot when we gathered supplies from our houses on the day we set out to come to you. Now look, it is dry and crumbling. These wineskins were new when we filled them. Now look, they have burst. Our clothes and sandals are worn out from such a long journey. So the men looked at their provisions, but did not ask the counsel of the Lord. Joshua made peace with them and cut a covenant with them, and the chieftains of the Yadah swore their lives to them. But three days after they had cut a covenant with them, they heard that they lived nearby and really were dwelling in their midst. So the sons of Israel set out and came to their cities on the third day. Their cities were Gibeon, Shephira, Beeroth, and Kiriath-Jerim. The sons of Israel did not strike them down, though, for the men of the Yadah had sworn to them by the Lord, the Elohim of Israel. The entire Yadah murmured against the chieftains. So all the chieftains said to the entire Yadah, We have sworn to them by the Lord, the Elohim of Israel, so now we can't touch them. This is what we need to do with them. We must let them live so that wrath does not come upon us because of the oath that we swore to them. Then the chieftains said to them, Let them live. So they became woodcutters and water drawers for the entire Yadah, just as the chieftains had spoken about them. Then Joshua called to them and spoke to them, Why did you deceive us and say, We are a long distance from you, while you were dwelling in our midst all along? Now you are cursed. Some of you will never be anything but servants, woodcutters, and water drawers for the house of my Elohim. Then they answered Joshua and said, It was because it was told to your servants that the Lord your Elohim had commanded Moses his his servant to give you all the land and to exterminate all those who dwell in the land from before your face. We were very afraid for our very souls because of you. That's why we did this. Look, we are in your hand. Do to us whatever seems good and right in your eyes to do. So this is what he did for them. He delivered them from the hand of the sons of Israel and did not kill them. But Joshua gave them that day to be woodcutters and water drawers for the Yadah and for the altar of the Lord to this day in the place where he should choose. That is today's reading from Joshua chapter 9 in the translation by Joel Anderson, which can be found on Amazon.com according to the Robert Murray McShane reading plan. As I consider today's reading, what strikes me, jumps to my attention, is the cunning action of the Gibeonites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. Uh, In verse 4, the Gibeonites are described as um, acting with cunning. And so that word 
jumps out at me the word cunning because it's the same way the serpent is described in the garden as the most cunning or shrewd of all creatures so it's my habit to see if the Hebrew word is the same as the English translation would suggest and and indeed when I uh, checked with the Hebrew um, and you can do this through things like uh, the Accordance app um, you might be able to do something like that with Bible Gateway but if you have some kind of concordance uh, where you can look at the original language um, you can do this kind of thing on your own where you just go well, that word I remember that word from somewhere else and I and, and I want to see if it's the same word and here indeed it is uh, so the Aram is the the root so he's they're described as being cunning and so I'm just drawn to the the sort of the literary parallels here of in the garden the serpent tempts Adam and Eve this cunning creature and in my view he does uh, deceive them into making a kind of a, a covenant he uh, the serpent for me um, is presenting an alternative kingdom to them an alternative way of viewing the world um, and is promising them something so I, I draw a lot of connections between the fact that it's a walking talking serpent and uh, that Israel itself uh, under Egypt served under someone who dressed as a serpent Pharaoh's crown wore a serpent on his crown and was walking talking and and Egypt becomes a symbol throughout uh, scripture as an alternative kingdom a kingdom a king like the nations uh, the tyrant king Pharaoh the temptation is always to go back to Egypt and a lot of times that means to imitate Egypt rather than imitate the God uh, Elohim in the translation we're hearing today uh, or the Lord uh, and reminder often if you see Lord in capital letters in scripture um, that's the tetragrammaton uh, Yahweh uh, and the, the divine name that uh, Israel in time in order to avoid breaking the commandment of taking God's name in vain uh, began to call uh, Adonai or in English translation Lord so I'm just struck by here they're going into the the promised land uh, under certain commands again to to subdue the land much like uh, Adam and Eve were to subdue um, have dominion over uh, and they were tempted to make a covenant with the serpent so here you have a deceiving community coming in and I and I think that parallel is deliberate that they make a covenant with the people they're open to uh, deception even though they themselves say how do we know you're you're not from this land we're not supposed to make a covenant with you if you're also part of this 
land that we're supposed to subdue and 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 rule over this land that was promised to us and they so there there's a sense in which they're like hmm it, what is there a deception going on but the the gibeonites being cunning cunning had arranged to look as if they had come from far away um but they so the israelites uh make a deal with them uh, make a covenant with them and then discover that they're from this land but the gibeonites have put themselves basically into servitude with them and israel is now having made this covenant is loath and fearful to break an oath which is also uh might incur the divine wrath against them so i'm just for me i'm just struck by these parallels that's the kind of thing in my daily reflections that jump out at me um and you know not in not every reflection do i make like an immediate connection to uh the application to my uh personal life or things in the world um it's just sort of for me reading scripture daily and just the practice of reading scripture uh is is a process of uh shaping your imagination you you see the world differently um just reading in in general but reading scripture especially because it's from a different culture and a different time the process of reading opens your eyes up to other people's imagination how other people saw the world and so it invites you in to see the world in different ways uh, and certainly deception and trickery is is something many of us in, encounter in life and uh we grapple with that sense of of this betrayal the the big challenge there is there's a temptation there to give up entirely on trust to guard yourself so much um entering into any relationship is a risk uh and sometimes you will be betrayed but you don't want to ever become so jaded and darkened in your heart and in your mind that you're not willing to take that risk but that just brings me to Jesus he is wise as serpents but as gentle or harmless as a dove and so i guess the other extreme is to be naive and enter into relationships where as the israelites here had had an inkling that they were being deceived um didn't listen to that little inkling that that hint of conscience which we feel on the individual level that little bit of trepidation um and maybe investigate a little further so i guess like i i'm 
just following my mind's thought as I reflect on this text. And that's what, again, that's what these devotionals, these daily reflections are about. Um, it's less about, for me, like deep exegesis, which I do elsewhere and in other ways. Um, and of course that shapes my reflection. I wouldn't make the connection between the serpent um, in the garden or you know, the connection between the Hebrew word if I hadn't done some of that in the past. But it's, it's more, these daily reflections are more about a personal reaction to the text and um, kind of a, a thought to carry with me throughout the day. Uh, and I guess uh, the, the takeaways for me today are uh, just a reminder that to be wise in entering into relationships and to listen to those uh, stirrings of conscience or stirrings of the spirit that say, hmm, this doesn't seem quite right and maybe do a little more um, investigation or a little more time before I, you know, you deeply commit to someone. Um, do not do so naively. On the other hand, uh, I don't believe that we should go ever go to the opposite extreme where we're unwilling to take risks in life and become so jaded that we harden ourselves off from entering into relationships. So that that's my takeaway for today. Uh, I encourage you to spend some time with the text yourself and see what's drawn out of it. I'm just inviting you into my personal reflections uh, in hopes <coughs> that you'll you'll also be drawn into the text and and it's one example of how one person uh, does personal daily reflections and as always I encourage you to uh, dig more deeply into the text uh, do some of the the hard work in the background and I invite you to listen to my some of my other podcasts um, and visit my blog pop popchrist.com which will invite you and kind of draw you into going deeper so that was my reflection for July 7th according to the Robert Murray McShane reading plan which you can find online on places like uh, I believe it's bibleplan.org but yeah if you just search you should be able to find it thank you for joining me today and uh, may the Lord be with you um, throughout this day and draw you more deeply and closer to him. Thank you for joining me for this morning's personal reflection. Don't forget to join me this evening, release time 5 o'clock for the evening's personal reflection according to the Robert Murray McShane reading plan. If you find these reflections helpful and encouraging, 
then don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. Again, my hope is that in sharing my personal reflections with you, you will form your own habits of listening for the Spirit and reading the text. Enjoy the rest of your day.